Tales from Before the Grave with Kayla Spagnoli is brought to you by Real Podcasting. We're the people that take your passion or your profession and turn it into your podcast. Visit us on Facebook at Real Podcasting. That's capital R-E-A-L Podcasting. Now, enjoy the show. And welcome everybody to uh, a sad day, mm-hmm. a happy day, but a sad day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley, yeah, exactly. Riley Evans here from Real Podcasting, and uh, uh, this is going to be the final episode of Tales from Before the Grave. And I'm going to kick it over to uh, the person that has made this entire project possible. That's not true. I mean, I also made it possible. Yeah, but I you just made show it, up. You made yeah, but you like you 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 fill out the content. You oh. know, I just format it and, and true. Make it sound good. Kayla Spagnoli. Yay. Are you going to get sad if I don't come over every week and just go, yay? Well, you already didn't come over every week. You I came know. over every month and went, yay, four times. That's right. So You gave away my secret. Well, I, I mentioned that we do bulk recordings I many know, times. I know, I know, I know, I know. Th- I guess this this isn't even a bulk recording, though. This, no. is, this is going right out uh, this week. That's right. Yeah. It will be on Wednesday. That's true. Today's Wednesday. If you're listening, it's probably Wednesday. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're getting uh, one week of like the actual podcast experience for like people that can afford to do this every week. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of people, anyways. Uh, so me and Kayla just had a chat, and she she told me that you know her circumstances as they are presently, and she'll elaborate in a second, mm-hmm. are are no longer tenable for continuing uh, to do this podcast. Uh, you know, just in general. Also, uh, we basically run out of shit to talk about. A little bit. I mean, like, like I've said in uh, in past episodes, that I always saw this project as a six to eight week podcast series, and that was going to be it. And then we just kept continuing and finding different things to talk about. And we kind of involved like the Me Too mo- movement. So that took. We dragged this motherfucker out. Yeah, like. we did. <laughs> And I'm sure I could still think, actually, I, I know I can think of more things to talk about and loony things that have happened to me and all that good stuff. And I would love to reach out and still talk about it. But I mean, my life right now is a little bit hectic. So I thought maybe now is the time to focus on those things. Yeah. So, yeah. But you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> yes. You're telling me. No, there's, I, I like podcasting. I... So me personally, uh, I listen to Case Files pretty regularly, which is from Australia, and they do uh, true crime. I listen to Lore, which is like folktale and uh, weird oddities. Uh, what else do I listen to? Those two are the main ones. Once in a while, I'll dabble into something that um, somebody will recommend me. In Ottawa, I haven't really given them a chance yet, but shout out to Bad and Bitchy Podcasting, which is uh, feminist podcasting so yeah have you listened to them at all um their podcast i'm not gonna lie their podcast episodes are really long they're usually like an hour an hour and a half but have you listened to it long enough to know whether or not they could use professional production oh no they got a good setup that's unacceptable i'm sorry no they they have their shit together good for them then yeah congratulations uh that puts them in the top two percent of podcasters 
Yeah, you're all on blast. Well, okay. Yeah, so obviously if you're listening and you're in the Ottawa region, Riley is available through real podcasting to help you with your show. Really, if you're in any region, I can, I'd can be happy to help you. So you're going to go to New York? I have a, I'm sorry. Do you know my entire corporate process? Okay. I am wrong. I am sorry. I forgive you. Are you going to go to New York if somebody called you up? I, I have a process for people that live. I work with people outside the city of Ottawa. Okay, so if you're listening to this, wherever you are in the world, please hit up Riley. He would love to chat and see what he can do for you and see what, see where he can take your podcast, basically. Is that, is that accurate? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So um, with my life right now, um, as... You may or may not know my my job is on contract right now and it's being funded by uh, provincial and federal government of Canada and um, it ends end of March and there's just so much to do and I'm flying out to Toronto at least three times between now and then and I have a major uh, report I need to do by March 1st. So it just now seems kind of like the time to wrap it up uh, and focus on those things and we'll see where life takes me after the end of March, and uh, who knows where I'll go from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk then about sort of how podcasting has affected the way that you think about your time in funeral services? Because like I, I'm imagining that up until the past four or five months, you'd never really sat down in sort of like a linear fashion like this and really gone over everything that that you went through during your time in the industry no it's 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 so true and for me it's been therapeutic like it's been hard but it's also been therapeutic you know to get it out there and it's been I've been very grateful for people that have reached out to tell me their stories or validate my experiences so that's been great and sometimes even Joe Schmo on the street and they're like holy shit used to be a funeral doctor it's like super easy to be like, yeah, I could tell you all my experiences if we sit down over coffee or you can just like listen in on my podcast at your leisure. So that's kind of like a nifty little tool as well. And uh, yeah, especially when I like I was on a panel for mental health uh, earlier this week and uh, some of the people on the panel with me were like, yeah, I forgot or I didn't know you were a funeral director and I I want to listen to your podcast and hear all about it. I'm like, yeah, super like. Thank you for your support. And I know podcasts are for everyone, but for me, this talking has been really great form to get my message out there. Um, writing is your like, message of hatred for the funeral services well, industry. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Mostly. But I mean, in other ways, I, I hope that somebody listening to this is like, I don't know what you would you would be if you're a lobbyist or a politician or, or even a, an owner of a funeral home. If you're listening to this and you're like, wow, hopefully, you know, the industry gets better. And I, yeah, I don't know what that, well, I mean, I do kind of know what that would look like because I worked at five different funeral homes. Um, who knows, though? Who knows? Like, with the Me Too movement in the past week in Canada, there's been huge push for... Um, anti-harassment policies to come in in fact um in in politics itself like you know we had conservatives yeah we had patrick brown step down right exactly and i know that's just the beginning like i have seen 
on Twitter, you know, people starting to push forward for change. And so if it can happen in politics, I hopefully it can happen in funeral services. And hopefully I'm not going to be the only one to say this. Hopefully there's going to be other people if they're in a position where, of course, they're safe. And I, I hope there are. But I mean, for a lot of people, that means they have to leave their job or they're not funeral director anymore. And even then, they're liable for slander and all that good stuff. So who knows what will happen. But I'm hopeful. Absolutely. Um, is there is there a particular aspect of your time in funeral services that you've sort of changed the way that you think or feel about because you were able to really break it down and think about it on this program? Um, I don't, I don't know, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. Hard question. I don't, I don't I mean, know. like this, we, we had no preparation for this episode. I found out that this series was over about five minutes ago. So I know that's a lot. We, just, we've been recording for nine minutes, so I guess it'd be 15. But. Well, I just didn't know how to say it. Right. Like I yeah. had a lot of anxiety and a lot of like going back and forth and like, can I make this happen? And like, what if I get called to Toronto even more than I am now? Or what if something, I just didn't know. And so, yeah, I had a lot of, sorry. I had a lot of anxiety to like tell you. So I'm like, I'll just tell him face to face. It'll be easier on me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, I, I, I obviously I'm not, I'm not upset. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm slightly poorer every month now, but whatever. No. <laughs> well, okay. That may be true, but you also know that I, you know, will keep promoting your podcast. Yes, I know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm teasing you, Kayla. It's I know. Okay. Okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to starve to death because you're no longer doing a podcast. Yeah. Good. Don't starve to death. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For if if anything, even though, um, if anything, it's just nice to know I have this all recorded and out there. If I ever, whatever my future plans could be, you know, just to bring it back to this and have people listen. And uh, if there is ever a time where there's a big movement in the funeral industry for me too, then maybe. I mean, hashtag me too. Maybe, um, yeah, I can be like, okay, Globe and Mail, Huffington Post, whatever, listen to this podcast and get at me. Or yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like I need to be the starting point. I don't, you know, I, I want to lift other people up and give them a platform as well. But who knows? Like I said, who knows where this could go? Absolutely. Um. Sorry, I'm just struggling as to exactly where to go to this. Like no, that's said. okay. We, I have we I have some weird stories. Zero prep. Well, I guess if we've got a couple stories, might as well. Yeah. Let's get them out while we still can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on Facebook, it reminded me that my cat, we had put my cat down uh, today a couple years ago. I'm very sorry about that. That's okay. I don't think about it that often anymore, especially because my parents have a I don't want to say new cat. It's not new. They got it like a month after Tigger died. But something people don't know about, or I don't even talk about because it's really weird and bizarre and it's a very Kayla thing to do, is that Tigger was actually buried in a baby casket. That Yeah, I know, Riley. Does this surprise you about me at all? <sighs> Nothing surprises me about anyone anymore. Okay, that's the spirit. So he, the reason why I have baby casket it didn't even have the linen or anything in it. It acted more as a vault. Um, it's because when the funeral home I was working for bought out another funeral home, 
they had a bunch of baby caskets that they couldn't use. They're too outdated and in bad shape because they weren't stored properly. So, yeah. So I took one of the caskets because I plan ahead. It's just in my nature. And I'm like, one day, the, the cat was getting old. So I'm like, one day the cat's going to die. And I know this would be very suitable because we live on an apple orchard and we're going to bury him anyway. So I took the casket uh, home with me. And at the time I had a van. So it stayed in the back of my van for a really long time. So How long is a long time? Oh, boy, a couple of months. Oh, that's not that long. I know, but to I was looking for like three years. I didn't even know because I didn't. Oh, the van didn't even last me that long. But to creep people out when I pick people up, I'm like, yeah, I have a casket in the back. That's hilarious. Yeah. How long did you do that for? Uh, <laughs> the three months I had it in there. Did it? Was it only three months before the cat died, or? No, eventually. Um, where was I living at the time? I was living on my own, and so. You know, when I thought of it, I was like, hey, shit, I should bring this back to Osgood where the orchard is and my parents can store it. So my dad was like, yeah, I think you're I think this is a good idea, but I think your mom would be like really upset at this idea. So he hid it for me because mm-hmm. it wasn't that big. Right. It's like two feet long. So so he took it and he hid it. So he's like, OK, good idea. When the time comes, like we have this casket. And I was like, OK, super. So anyways, big shout pop Spagnoli. That's right. So anyways, Kat, Kat was not a oh, poor Tigger. He started not being able to walk properly. And then one day he was okay. And we're like, oh boy, maybe he'll be okay. And then the next day he was back to not being able to walk properly. He was like, um, I think we estimated he was 17. Oh, God. So, yeah. So it's it's a 15 or 17, I think. It's I can't elderly remember. cat. Right, right. So we're like, okay, this is... This is it. And we could have ran, you know, they gave us the option to run all these tests. But at the end of the day, that's thousands of dollars. It doesn't solve anything. And he's elderly. Mm-hmm. Right. So we had to put him down. We didn't have to put him down, but we decided that was best for him. Anyway, so it was January because that's when we're recording this. Uh, it was January and obviously the ground is frozen. We cannot bury him. So... My dad's like, we'll stick him in the freezer. And we're like, no, that's fucking awful. Well, okay, I know you're looking at me like, who the fuck says that? But I'm I'm, I'm not, I can't even look right now. But people who have hamsters and guinea pigs and stuff like that do that too. That doesn't make it not fucked. (laughs) I know, but I know other people do that too. So my dad's like, we'll stick him in the freezer. And I was like, no, we won't. That's stupid. Don't do that. So I took a bottle of embalming fluid from the funeral home and a large syringe, and I put embalming fluid in my cat. So you embalmed your cat? Yes. Not full out, but... No, but just enough to help keep him preserved because I... Well, I don't know the science behind uh, decomp when it comes to pets, but... His, so cats. I mean, I'd imagine they're mammals, so they're built close enough to human beings... But the rate of decomp, I think, is even faster. Okay. All right. So, as you can imagine, most people, animals included, die with their eyes open. And so his eyes were shrinking back within days. Yeah. So it just, it wasn't pleasant. And my mom, because it was really, really my mom's cat. I mean, it was a family cat, but my mom was with it more than anybody else and slept with it every night. And you can imagine the situation. 
she wouldn't stop petting him. Like every day, she was like, I can't let it go. She's crying. My mom also suffers from mental illness, which made it even more so hard. So we're like, okay, we need to take this cat from her because she cannot get past the fact that the cat's dead. And it was very difficult, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And now he smells like formaldehyde, which is not good for anyone to breathe no, in. No. no. So not. we put him in the casket and stored the casket. So again, it's an apple orchard. We have a big property and many sheds. So we stored him in a shed in his casket and then come. Because it's freezing cold outside too, exactly. right? Exactly. Here's my, that, that, that was my immediate thought process is why are you putting him in the freezer? It's like what January, right? Mm-hmm. January, th- the coldest month of the year mm-hmm. in Ottawa, mm-hmm. the coldest national capital on the planet. Mm-hmm. You don't think you just pop him in there and just leave him outside and until look by the time it would be an issue the, clearly, that would mean the, the ground is thawed, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just yeah. say it. Yeah. So, I, um, so yeah, we stored him, and it wasn't until, I think it was Mother's Day weekend, where we decided to bury him as a family. Yeah, and my mom's like, okay, so by then, we had Jinx, so that's the current cat. I shouldn't say it like that. He is adorable, but he is our now family cat. So, by then, we had him, uh... And my mom's like, maybe we can open the casket. So that way, I know. My mo- Keep in mind, my mom's coming from a very raw, hurt place, right? Of course. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, hey, look, no judgment towards your mother for for wanting to have that like sort of like last connected moment mm-hmm. with, with, with Tigger. I, I'm not judging her for having the idea. I'm just saying it's not a good idea. That, and that's what it's I... It's a bad idea. Because she was like, maybe we could open it and we could all say goodbye and uh, Jinx can say goodbye, right? And I was like, Mom, please do not open that. Like, I have no idea what state he's going to be in. Um, yeah. I mean, even the average person, if you dug them up after four months like i couldn't even guarantee it would be Ugh, no no i know in the past i told that story about the lady who was living in the funeral home or living in the funeral home the lady who was staying with us for eight months and after eight months only then she was going back but that's because we looked after her on a daily basis we check in on her and like keep pumping her with fluid and that sort of thing and she's in how effective was that yeah, she was. She could have been viewed after eight months. Okay, it's but again, she's looking. She's literally every it's modern technology, but it's every single day and new fluid and yeah, she's it's basically partially reembalmed on a daily basis. Yeah. Okay. This cat is not. No. Absolutely and uh, again, it's a small cat. Like I, I, oh, I don't know what I would. I'm sure by then it would have lost all its fur. It it would have. I don't know. I've. I don't. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have been a good scene, though. And I was like, Mom, do you not open that? So she didn't. I felt bad for her, right? But Mm -hmm. it was for the best. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When I look back at that, I'm like, wow. Yeah, because I swore at another funeral director that told me that was like fucking... I forget what he said to me. If it was like illegal or he was like, that's a really fucking stupid idea or whatever, about the bring the needle of embalming fluid uh-huh. to my cat. And I was like, fuck you. Fuck off. And yeah, I didn't get in trouble for doing that. But that wasn't... I, I look back and I'm like, wow, that's a pretty clear sign that I had borderline, I think, by... I don't know. 
Just like snapping that way? Yeah, I guess so. But I also felt a lot of pressure because I felt like I had to be the funeral director at home. Mm-hmm. I had to take care of my mom. I had to take care of my twin. You know what I mean? The next day after we put him down, I went to work, even though my mom and my sister were like, no, don't go to work. Like, it's too tragic. Like, you need a day off to... I'm like, no, I need to go to work. And so, yeah, I felt a lot a lot of pressure to be, like, the strong one in the family. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of emotions, right? And plus the funeral director should have kind of realized, like, we've had that cat forever. I don't know. He was a dank. He's still a funeral director. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Guess it's. Uh, I mean, that's not surprising though. I think it just speaks to the the general issues with the the industry as a whole. Yeah. All right. Got anything else? Yeah, Riley, you have to stop me if I've told the story. Okay. Because I don't remember if I have or haven't. Again, this just goes back to like the hashtag Me Too mo- movement and the whole um, problem I have with the industry. Oh fuck! I think I have told this story, but there was a funeral. Oh yeah. I was just about to say about the guy who came and helped us out at the funeral home, but he also had a warning on his license that he couldn't work with interns. Do you remember this? Don't remember that. Okay, so... I listen to a lot of stories from a lot of people in a microphone, though, so that's... But you have a good memory? I don't have a good memory at all. I have. I actually have a pretty good, like, long-term detail memory, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't... You know what? Start telling it. Yeah. And uh, if you folks, pardon me, if you folks hear us cut directly from the beginning of this story uh, into another story, it's probably because we've heard the story before already. Mm-hmm. Good call. So basically, um, there was I was working at a small funeral home where it's just basically me and the owner, who are their licensed directors, and everybody else was just there part time at a at need basis. And he was going away for, I don't fucking know, family vacation or something. And he called in another funeral director from another uh, firm to come help us out when need be. And he so he came in and bombed, basically, if I was swamped with meeting families. But what he didn't tell me was this director had like a warning on his license that he couldn't work with. uh, I don't remember the restriction, but it was either interns or young funeral directors. Okay, so what would somebody have to do to get a warning like that on their license, but then somehow still retain their license? Um, have have somebody go to the board of funeral services and say make an a- a- accusation or a, yeah a serious accusation, right? And the, but it not be like either like necessarily provable or. Um, incriminating and so bad according to the board of funeral services enough that the person has to be stripped of their license Ye- oh even if you're like this person sorry trigger warning for what i'm about to say but if, even if you were like oh this person like raped me and i have proof i don't even know if the board would take your license away so basically it's like working for the government like they can't fire you basically i don't know i just like that's how little i would give them credit that okay. i really don't know if they have enough brains to understand what danger they put people in duly noted so this gentleman had a warning on his license saying he couldn't work with either interns or young Mm -hmm. funeral directors Mm -hmm. continue but my boss didn't think the um allegations against him were true so he didn't feel the need to tell me that and i also lived in this funeral home wow Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So I worked with him, and then um, he never did or said anything that was really, really inappropriate, other than he would... Sometimes he said weird things like comment about his weight or comment about his body. And that was weird. Like he wanted me to compliment him. Yeah. Um, Just things like that. And he, whatever. Yeah. He's divorced too. I wonder why. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah. But I kind of was, I kind of kept him at arm's length because then I realized I then I heard then my boss told me after I've already worked with him this was the situation um and then I yeah I don't know I mean then I put things together I was like yeah it's probably best I just really really distance myself and I don't offer to like hang out with him unnecessarily uh-huh. and I just I'd be short with him like not short but like um Kurt, is that what they say? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know. Other than that, though, I feel like I have. I feel like I have done a pretty good job of recounting a lot of really shitty, not just shitty, a lot of weird and entertaining. Yeah, experiences that have, that have happened to me, um, you know, in the span of my career, and I don't want to. I think funeral homes are still necessary, um, obviously, because you can't legally embalm a body by yourself. So That is correct. But I do think that when people are alive and in good health, they should be asking those hard questions and shopping around and price checking and seeing what they can supply on their own without having to depend on a funeral home. Absolutely. Yeah, and if that includes... Um, writing it down well i i think it should include writing it down or adding it don't add it to your will because by the time somebody reads your will could be whatever get that shit done somewhere it's easier to access um like arrange it yourself essentially yeah arrange it yourself or write it down somewhere put on the fucking fridge i don't know well that'd be pretty morbid to have on the fridge hey in case i die do this and just look at that every single day put it well, what you ca- some people carry cards in their wallet that says, "If something happens, call this funeral home." Yeah, but that's not on the fridge. Okay. Like that's tucked in the back pocket of the wallet that you never really take out. You okay, know? sure. Like I, I'm, I'm teasing you, but I, I know I'm just. I, a I understand weirdo. what you're saying. Like, I mean, write no, it no, in no. your own blood. Put it on the fridge. Now it's <laughs> art. Well, you know what? Like personally, and this is this particular program, I've I've been involved in a lot of different, you know, podcasts over the past number of years. Uh ever since I, I made my graceful exit from actual radio. But um th- this program is 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 uh undoubtedly and this is just, you know, statistical, one of the most successful ones I've I've been a part of and that, that's lies. certainly good. Huh? I said lies. Why? No, I guess I I have a hard time accepting. Do you know how much faster you got to a thousand listens than the Ocho did? Yeah, but I don't know. It probably took you like thirty percent as many episodes. 
but that's probably I, I like I don't want to. I'm really bad at, at Kayla, accepting. Accept the compliment I know, to your talents. No, I don't think it's just me. You though. had a great story. Uh, you're, you're an engaging podcaster. It's been a pleasure for me to do this. I think, but also I have to give a shout out to people on Twitter because yes. But if you just flex these compliments anymore, okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna press stop on this episode. I don't care if it's three hours long. Okay. I'm gonna make you accept these okay, compliments. Okay, I accept this compliment. Thank you for saying that and being so kind and forward about it and making me accept it. I don't know. Okay, what were you saying? I forget. What was I saying? Shouting people out on Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Yeah. Um, I I honestly don't know where all my listeners come from, other than. Uh, asking my personal Facebook friends to like my page. Um, but I'm assuming there's a, a couple of people from Twitter because that's where a lot of my Patreon comes from. So I just want to say if you are listening and you've backed me in some way, like you listened to one episode, you listened to all the episodes, you gave me a dollar on Patreon, like thank you if you reshared, all that good stuff. Um, but also I would love to chat with you and um, hear your thoughts on the podcast. Cause honestly I always ask people to, and nobody ever does. And it makes me feel like, I don't know, a little strange. I'm like talking at people and I don't want to talk at people. I want to talk with people. So if you ever have a second and you want to like send me a quick tweet, um, I'm at Kayla Spag one word on Twitter and you should definitely tweet at me. Yeah. And, and, and just from my perspective, even though the series is no longer live and continuing, the episodes and the stories within it exist in perpetuity, and they exist and uh, hold relevance in, in perpetuity, or at least for the foreseeable future. So don't stop listening. Don't stop recommending it to people. Don't stop sharing it, because mm-hmm. really, if, if, if something like this is to be sort of like the beginning of the impetus of or a catalyst for for social change Mm -hmm. within the industry, Mm -hmm. then these stories need to be heard by more people and they need to be be spread around. And and we need your help to do that because, uh, frankly, Kayla's too busy and I'm too busy and no longer getting paid to do this. (laughs) No, but I mean, I think you're you're right, though. I think in a a very sincere way, if you have a story to tell and you're in a safe place where you can tell it you know do it it's i think it's therapeutic and you don't know who you could reach or influence or inspire and um I, i'm not just saying it has to be about shitty things that have happened to you it doesn't have to be about sexual assault or mental illness or whatever it could be about like literally anything um i don't know i think it's really important that we produce the content we want to see in the world Absolutely. And and I think particularly the biggest reason that I, I was, well, they're, they're the second biggest reason. The first biggest reason I was attracted to this industry is because I wanted to be on on-air talent, which obviously I had the, the pleasure of being able to do for this particular program. But um, the other reason that I'm, I'm so attracted to this industry, even though I, my, my original background is in writing and I've done some video stuff too, is that there's just something powerful about hearing stories from the human voice as opposed to reading them, mm-hmm. even if it's in a long form or, mm-hmm. or even like video because videos generally tend to be short form because yeah. they require active consumption as opposed to passive consumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something incredibly powerful about actually hearing the real 
emotion and the real stories from the human voice. And knowing, without a shadow of a doubt, this isn't some troll keyboard warrior hiding somewhere pretending to be somebody that they're not. Mm -hmm. This is a real person with real emotions uh, that's sort of spelling this to you in front of a microphone for the world to, to listen to. So uh, I think that's incredibly powerful. I've, I've always thought it, it, it will be. So um, continue to share this content. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get it back by popular demand one day. Or we could do, yeah, uh, a surprise episode or something or... I'm not sure. But exactly. yeah. I think this is what what I think I would categorize this. This is this is the end of regular weekly content. Mm-hmm. Is this the absolute drop dead death of <laughs> Tales from Before the Grave? Probably not. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean it's it's twenty it's twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. I obviously within the industry have have a number of different ways for for doing things remotely. If if Kayla is is so inclined to have a story related to the industry that she wants to share, so uh, don't unsubscribe to the feed. Keep us live. Keep us in the back of your head, and uh, maybe you'll see this show pop up in your subscriptions now and again. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts, Kayla? Oh boy. No, I think you really summed up everything I was thinking as well, because honestly, listening to podcasts for me, it's just so easy. And I don't always have time to sit down and read a really lengthy article, but I do have time to listen to something where I'm driving or I'm designing a poster for something or I'm cooking, you know, it's it's super easy. And uh, like you said, I, I like that you said that you listen to somebody's voice because it's true. <laughs> like you, you kind of have a sense for how sincere they are. Exactly. And look, look, I, I, I could, t- if I wanted to start a podcast about podcasting and be one of those goobers, like they are on the, like, uh, I don't know, like the audacity to podcast or something. I actually like the audacity to podcast, but, um, I, I, I could because I'm, I'm obsessive about this stuff. And, uh, and I, I truly believe in the value of, um, podcasting, like I said, as something that can be passively consumed mm-hmm. while participating in other tasks because it's more accessible yep. to people who have busy lives and busy schedules, you know, as opposed to having to take 20 minutes out of your day to read a blog or, or, or watch a video mm-hmm. where you can be engaged in the things that you have to do during the course of your day to day life. Mm-hmm. And still be able to keep learning and 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 engage in entertainment and all those things. But anyways, um, anything else? Thank you. Not just you, Riley, oh. but I mean, no, sorry, I didn't. <laughs> oh fuck, I didn't mean it like that. I know. No, th- obviously, thank you to you um, and you My know pleasure. making this happen and helping me promote and finding the kick-ass little doohickey soundbite at the beginning and end. Which is very the music? Yeah, I thought it was that. The one thing that uh, that's probably this is the best music to program pairing I've ever done. I just thought that sort of like the slightly the tiniest touch creepy, yeah, but not super serious vibe of our music. It's actually it's a, it's a, it's called Ripples in the Water is the actual name of the song. I, I thought it was absolutely perfect for what we were going for. So yeah, I love it. Um, but also thank you to, again, anyone who has listened, shared, re- recommended, um, given, thrown money at me. Uh, I love you all. And tweet at me. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. Exactly. This has been 
Tales from Before Grave. <sighs> this has been Tales from Before the Grave. That was Kayla Spagnoli. I'm Riley Evans from Real Podcasting. And uh, one day again, we will see you.